0: Today we're once again gonna go through Warren Buffett and or The Snowball, which is a book by Alice Schröder, as far as I can remember. And, and yeah, we're gonna go through that and we're gonna see what is gonna come up. The funny thing is, I today's Monday, Monday morning. I have to work today actually. Um the first time working in three weeks I guess. You know, at least two, but I guess it's it's more or less three. Um, which is insane, uh, actually, and, um, well, yeah, (laughs) I don't even know if I'm capable to do what I'm supposed to do anymore. But yeah, anyway, Andrew Carnegie's stance on philanthropy. He who dies rich dies disgraced. The people who say I did it all myself and think of themselves as hor, what? Horashio alga, believe me. They would bid more to be in the United States than in Bangladesh. That is the Ovarian Lottery. Rule number one, don't lose money. Rule number two, don't forget rule number one. Rule number three, don't go into debt. Yeah, I think it is amazing and it is something that I heard Warren Buffett talking about before. And I would totally say, yeah, I mean, great advice. As, as simple as it is and as simple um, as the rules are, don't lose money, great thing. Uh if if this is a rule of yours, if this is um something you live by, then you really are also gonna make sure that whatever you're putting your money into, whether it's investments or whatever, um, that you really are carefully gonna choose that. You know, you're not gonna just put your money somewhere and hope that it is gonna be or gonna get more and or at least stay the same, you know, so that you don't lose the money. But, yeah, a lot of things go into that, a lot of thought goes into that, I would say. Let's say that when I turned 16, a genie had appeared to me, and that genie said, Warren, I'm going to give you the car of your choice. If you will hear tomorrow morning with a big bow tied on it, brand new, and it is all yours. I don't really get this metaphor. Anyway, having heard all the genie stories, I would say, what's the catch? And the genie would answer, or there's only one catch. This is the last car you're ever going to get in your life. So it is going to last a lifetime. If that had happened, I would have picked out that car. But can you imagine knowing it had to last a lifetime? What I would do with it? I would read the manual about five times. I would always keep it garaged. If there was the least a little dent or scratch, I'd have it fixed right away because I wouldn't want it rusting. I would baby that car because it would have to last a lifetime. That's exactly the position you're in concerning your mind and body. You only get one mind and one body, and it is got to last a lifetime. Now, it's very easy to let them ride for many years, but if you don't take care of that mind and that body, you'll be a <laughs> forty years later. Just like the car would be. Yeah, totally the case. Uh, Even though, I mean, this is one of those moments where it is strange to get advice from Buffett or Warren. Because he is kind of known to have a shitty diet. And um, so he doesn't really take care of that. And therefore he also isn't pretty much caring about his body. Therefore... But, um, yeah, you know, it's it's like strange to listen to him then, but he is still right, no matter what, you know, even if he's not living his own talk, uh, it is still what it is, you know, one can't argue about that. It's what you do right now that determines how your mind and body will operate 10, 20 and 30 years from now. Of course, you know, because you build habits and you then have certain habits. And if you do have, for example, the habit of uh, working out every day, let's say, well, you're probably going to feel different in 40 years. Probably better. Hopefully better. Unless you do some dumb sheer, I mean extreme bodybuilding. Well, I wouldn't say it's healthy. I really wouldn't. Um, depends on how you do things, The depends on your diet as well, I think, to, to a pretty big degree But, um, I mean, probably something that I have to take care of more of is rest days and resting more Especially because I think that it is, or would, also improve my body composition I think that I would look way, way, way fucking better if I took care of my fucking rest days But I'm not doing that, you know, which is a pity and a fucked up thing, so it's... Yeah, anyway People ask where they should go to work, and I always tell them to go to work for whom they admire the most. Yeah, it's crazy to take little in-between jobs just because they look good on your resume. That's like saving sex for your old age. Do what you love and work for whom you admire the most, and you have given yourself the best chance in life you can. Yeah, no matter what it is, actually. You know, the thing is, you could be working as some software engineer that potentially can make quite a lot of money. But if you don't like it, and you're therefore not particularly good at it, which um, is going to be the case to a high degree. I would say, of course, um, it could also be the case that you absolutely hate the fucking job, but you're actually amazing at it. it could also be the case. But the thing is, like, I don't know, like, our lifetime is so short, you know, why, why should we be wasting our time with things that we don't enjoy, and don't like doing, and maybe even absolutely hate doing, like, it doesn't make too much sense, it, um, I feel like it's, yeah, even, well, hmm. It is complicated, and it's it, it's difficult, because as I'm thinking about it, I mean, at this point of time, I'm not too concerned about, quote-unquote, wasting my time and uh, doing something that I maybe don't enjoy that much, just because I'm young, I'm 20 years old. Um, but I mean, when I'm at 30, 40, I, I do hope that I'm going to think about things a bit differently, because I... Yeah, I think that I don't know. I think sometimes, sometimes there has to be the day where one um, I don't know, has to be a bit more efficient with time. I guess. But yeah, um, but I think, and I'm still uh, trying to search a book on that because I'm having massive massive issues with the um, thinking about things in a different way and because life is a mind game life is a head game it is it is all about the mind if your mind is fucked your life is fucked no matter how good and or well you're feeling physically it doesn't really matter no it it really doesn't and this is a big problem and and i do have a big problem with that because i often feel like that you know I just enjoy, don't enjoy my days, no matter what the fuck I'm doing. You know, I I could be with my greatest friends. I could be doing um, whatever, but there's always going to be some point in my day where I just don't enjoy my day for whatever reason. And it is only a mind game. It's only about my head. It's only about seeing things in a certain light. It is about viewing things in a certain way. It is about the story that we are basically telling ourselves in our head. And um, yeah, when you're in control of that, things are going to be quite amazing, to be honest. But um, if not, then not. You would get very rich if you thought of yourself as having a card with only 20 punches in a lifetime, and every financial decision used up one punch. Question is why 20? You would resist the temptation to dabble. You would make more good decisions, and you would make more big decisions. He ran his life on 20 punches too, with as little living as he could arrange. Same house, same wife for 50 years, same Astrid on Farnham Street, no desire to buy and sell real estate, art, cars, tokens of wealth, no jumping from city to city or career to career. When he gave somebody a punch on his cart, they became a part of him, and that decision was permanent." Well, I don't know. like. I understand the whole thing, like, okay, I'm gonna have one job, I'm gonna have one wife, but, but I don't know, like, if it is not working out for me, it, just in any way, why wouldn't I change, you know, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it does make sense to some degree, and or to some point, but, yeah, no, not fully, not always, no, whatever. Cash combined with courage in a crisis is priceless. As requests for his time grew, his view that commitments are sacred and his natural inclination to conserve energy saved him from succumbing to the flattery of being in demand. If he added something to his schedule, he discarded something else. He never rushed. His friends could pick up the phone and call him whenever he liked. He kept his phone calls warm-hearted and short. When he was ready to stop talking, the conversation simply died. The kind of friends he had didn't abuse the privilege. While he had many fond acquaintances, he added true friends only at intervals of years. I mean, uh, one is always going to have just some people around that that you know don't mean too much to one, just because I mean it's it's work relationships or whatever. But yeah. The ideal business is one that earns very high returns on capital and that keeps using lots of capital at those high returns. That becomes a compounding machine. So if you had a, your choice, if you could put 100 million dollars into a business that earns 20% on that capital. 20 million, ideally. You would be able to earn 20% on 120 million the following year and on 144 million to the following year and so on. You could keep redeploying capital at those same returns over time, but there are very, very, very few businesses like that. You can move that money around from those businesses to buy more businesses. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, it's it's the same as if you think about... What did I want to say? I mean, it just makes sense. It makes sense that using your money... To be able to use your money. Not the initial investment. You're not going to touch that shit. But you're going to live off of the returns. Basically. You know. It truly makes sense. And. Always the returns. Which means that. The initial investment is always. going to grow more. You're not going to touch it basically. But you're having more returns. Just because the initial. Investment is going to get more. Because 10% of 120 are more than 10% of 110. This is how maths work. Basically, when you get to my age, you really, you will really measure your success in life by how many of the people you want to have love, you actually do love you. I know people who have a lot of money and they get this uh, testimonial dinners and they get hospital wings named after them. But the truth is that nobody in the world loves them. If you get to my age in life and nobody thinks well of you, you don't care how big your bank account is, your life is a disaster. Yeah, which I think is also one of the reasons why it makes just sense to be a good person always and really focusing on that and and having that in mind, everything. This is the ultimate test of how you have lived your life. The trouble with love is that you can't buy it. You can't buy sex, you can't buy testimonial dinners, you can't buy pamphlets that say how wonderful you are, but the only way to get love is to be lovable. It is very irritating if you have a lot of money. You'd like to think you could write a check and buy you a million dollars worth of love. But it doesn't work that way. The more you give love away, the more you get. That is pretty much the truth. Well, let's actually finish it up. Jolly Manga. Invert, always invert. Turn a situation or problem upside down. Look at it backward. What is in it for the other guy? What happens if all our plans go wrong? Where don't we want to go and how do you get there? Instead of looking for success, make a list of how to fall instead. Through sloth, envy, resentment, self-pity, entitlement, all the mental habits of self-defeat. Avoid these qualities and you will be successful. Tell me where I'm going to die that is so I don't go there. If you go from the 1st floor to the 100th floor of a building and then go back to the 90th, uh, ni- 98th you'll feel worse than if you've just gone from the 1st to the 2nd, you know, but you've got to fight that feeling because you're still on the 99th floor, or the 98th floor. You absolutely never wants to be in a position where tomorrow morning you have to depend on the kindness of a stranger in the financial world. I spent a lot of time thinking about that, I never want to have to come up with a billion dollars tomorrow morning. Well, a billion I could, but any significant amount, because you just cannot be sure of anything. You have to think about things that have never happened before. You always want to have plenty of money around. Saying that you can't come up with a billion dollars is like... pretty strange to me. That passion had led him to study a universe of thousands of stocks. It made him borrow into libraries and basements for records. Nobody else troubled to go. He set up nights studying hundreds of thousands of numbers that would glaze anyone else's eyes. He read every word of several newspapers each morning and sucked down the Wall Street Journal like his morning Pepsi, then Coke. He dropped in a company in on companies, spending hours talking about barrels with the woman who ran an outpost of Grave Bros. Copperage or auto insurance with Lorimer Davidson. He read magazines like the Progressive grocer to learn how to stock a meat department. He stuffed the backseat of his car with Moody's manuals and ledgers on his honeymoon. He spent money reading old newspapers dating back a century to learning the cycle of business, the history of Wall Street, the history of capitalism, the history of the modern corporation. He followed the world of politics intensively or intensely and recognized how it affected business. He analyzed economic statistics until he had a deep understanding of what they sig- signified. Since childhood, he had read every biography he could find of people he admired, looking for the lessons he could learn from their lives. He attached himself to everyone who could help him and co tailed anyone he could find who was smart. He ruled out paying attention to almost anything but business, art, literature, science, travel, architecture, so that he could focus on his passion. He defined a circle of competence to avoid making mistakes. To limit risk, he never used any significant amount of debt. He never stopped thinking about business. What made a good business was made a bad business. What, what made a good business, what made a bad business? How they competed, so what made customers loyal to one versus another. He had an unusual way of turning problems around in his head, which gave him insights nobody else had. He developed a network of people who, for the sake of his friendships as well as his s- sagacity, not only helped him, but also stayed out of his way when he wanted them to. In hard times or easy, he never stopped thinking about ways to make money. A lot of this energy and intensity became the motor that powered his initiated intelligence, temperament and skills. And this is it. Thank you very much. And see you next time. Bye bye.